Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to Dating Funnies. How is everybody? Everyone have a good Valentine's Day? Yeah, I, I went to bed early. I didn't have to worry about dinner reservations or buying cards or flowers and all that stuff. Of course, nobody gave me anything either. <laughs> anyway, so goes the life of a elderly single man. Right? So, what can we talk about on this episode? I know I haven't done anything of late because there really hasn't been much going on in my world. Just kind of been busy with businesses and handling all that stuff and personal stuff and home projects. Haven't been out dating, although I did go back to another meetup. Thought that was interesting. Decided to go to this one wine bar with folks and kind of just chat with other people to listen to them talk about how the dating apps and dating websites don't work. There's some people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and they're they're all sick of the dating apps and websites. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, where else would you go to meet one, meet somebody? The most people won't go to the meetups. I mean, this meetup had one, two, three, four, five, six people there. And the group is 1,500 people in the group. So it's hit and miss on that as well. And people are guarded about talking to other people. I know there's two ladies that were there sitting at my end of the table. And the one lady said, hey, why, the, why don't the three of us uh, share a bottle of wine? And I know what she wanted to do. She wanted to mitigate the cost per glass. And I get that. And I'm well, I'm in. And the other lady was in too. So we sat and chatted. I listened to their stories and stuff like that. And then towards the end of the night, they came to bring the, the check because all the other food was taken care of by the hostess since we prepaid for the hostess to buy things to snack on. And I told the waitress, I was like, look, just give me the, the bill for the bottle. I mean, the bottle was like 39 And the response for the women, yeah, they thanked me, but they became very, very guarded like I was... I mean, you know, I guess the typical guy wants something. I didn't want anything. I, I knew the one gal or one lady, the way she's talking, certain things she talked about, that money was an issue for her. So I thought, well, I'm just going to do a nice thing for both these ladies, and I'll pay for the wine. What the heck? 39 bucks for a bottle. It's an okay bottle. But that wasn't the deal. That would just be a nice gesture. So I just thought it was interesting that they backed up a few steps, although they politely have... Uh, uh, thank me. So that that was kind of nice. So, so I may go back to some more of those meetups. I'm just not sure. They're, and I used to belong to some activities groups, and I see their postings from time to time. And a lot of those people are the same people I've seen before, talked to before. They're just not my people. So where do you find your people? So one thing I started doing, I was kind of excited to do it, started on Valentine's Day of all days, is to watch Love is Blind Season 6. Now, what the heck? You know, let's watch human nature at its best again. And I don't know if you're watching that or you've seen any of the, the series. I've talked about Love is Blind 5. So I thought I'd watch Love is Blind 6. And one of the contestants on Love is Blind 6 is a lady by the name of Jessica. And come, she's like 28, 29 years old. She has a 10-year-old daughter. she got quite the backstory of how she's raised, parent dynamics, all that stuff. Enough to back anybody up. And very, very beautiful woman. Uh, you can tell that she, since she's been raising this kid, although with the help of the father of her daughter, 
she still has taken on a true masculine role in the world, trying to defend herself, her position, and, you know, raising a 10-year-old girl. And that's a lot of work. But, you know, she was bent out of shape or mad because the guy kind of strung her along a little bit, and they were developing a connection. And then when she finally dropped the bomb on him, she had a 10-year-old daughter, you know, backed him up. The guy's 27, 28. Yeah, he'd like to have a family. But now to walk into a ready-made family, someone's 10 years old, well, that'd make me pause too. But what made me even further pause was her dynamics growing up as a kid, as a foster child, a dad that had a drug addiction, a dad that went to prison, then he died, you know, and then the issues with the mom. And so she is now going around saying, well, it's a struggle for single parents. And it likely is as it is for everybody else trying to date. But when you add all the other dimensions to it, any reasonable person, I think, would pause and say, hey, I need to dig deeper. Of course, the lady that he ended up choosing on the 11th hour, the, I don't know if she's the right fit for him or not, but you just don't know on these shows. You know, they don't see each other, then they propose, then they see each other, and then they go on vacation, and they go back and live with one another, and then they go to the altar. I think the success rate is maybe one out of ten. Things happen along the way. So I'll be interested to see. Uh, but, you know, like this Jessica, a very, very attractive woman. When you get to know her, you know, she might be too much for 95% of the men out there. But I think, personally, from my experience, she actually needs a man that's as strong, if not stronger, than her so that she can fall back and relax into the relationship. It's for 10 years she's been that masculine dominant person raising her daughter as she should be. But she really wants somebody that knows how to, to step up and be a man in the relationship. And this, uh, this guy, he, he couldn't do it. But it's interesting, it's a little twist there. You know, I don't think most people realize, or they don't talk about much, but women on these shows, they talk to one another. A little bit here, a little bit there. And then the guys start talking about uh, about who they're talking to and meeting. I mean, they get it. You're dating several people at once. It's a lot It's a lot to delve into. But one couple there, her, the lady's name is A.D., she connected with a guy, and only to find out later that what he was telling her, per Batum, he was telling this other girl. I mean, golly, I think his name is Matthew. You couldn't be a little bit more creative. I mean, I get your... You've got your set questions, and he was kind of rude up front about it, asking the questions, but wasn't prepared to answer questions. I mean, how one-sided is that? Uh, he's, a, he's a problem for sure, but his, his overall approach of telling women the same thing, I mean, that's kind of like cutting and pasting the same response in every email on somebody that you send on these dating apps. So he's a little immature in my books, but... You know, the one thing I've walked away with so far, and I'm starting to binge watch this because a lot of my projects and stuff are done. Business is kind of slow at the moment. I'm get ready to get headed to Arizona again, start watching my grandkids, their sporting events. My granddaughter has decided to play softball this year, so I'm excited about that. But the uh, I, I just started binge watching the show, and I'll probably watch more of it uh, in the next day or so, uh, so I can just see how it ends. But I mean, what I took away from the show is it. You know, you, even through the pod, you're just getting the surface of people. I'm mean, like Matthew. He pretty much, you know, love-bombed 
this Jessica gown, Love Bomb, the Chelsea, I think her name is Chelsea. And, you know, you really can't do that. And you can't gaslight people either. I mean, you're expecting people to be upfront honest about their situation sooner than later, as opposed to waiting till the 11th hour. And I think that was maybe Jessica's mistake is it was almost towards the 11th hour when she told him about her whole family history. Now, she waited several quote-unquote dates to tell him about her daughter, rightfully so, because you don't want to come out of the gate. But I think that kind of information needed to come up front sooner than later. Now, I think the one thing, after watching the show, the one thing that's kind of been interesting for me is in years past, I've always rented a room out in my house. Always said it started with a friend of mine going through a nasty divorce. I let him live with me for a while. He didn't have any money. So I said, that's fine. You got a place to stay. In return, you just take care of my landscaping. But you got to you gotta earn. You have to earn money for your own food. You, you need to get a car. You need to get a job. Well, he couldn't get a, a job without a car. So I sold him a truck of mine on time, which took him like forever to pay, even at $100 a month. And then I found him a job. And this is a high-level exec from uh, Home Depot many years ago. That he just fallen on hard luck. And then he ended up getting a divorce. And... You know, he's living on a cot in the Catholic Church, and I thought, golly, I'm living in this big two-story home. I'll put him up in, in my house. At least got a place, right? And I think I've talked about a past podcast, but you know, it's it's amazing the things people will reveal to you over time if you allow them to reveal themselves. So. I've rented the room on and off over the years, and I thought this time, well, what the heck, you know, maybe I'll rent the room out again, have some company in the house, no big deal. So I had a couple of people that are quite interested, and I gotta tell you, I've had more luck over the years renting the room and do the home share thing with single women than I have with men. The men come, and they're going divorced or just got divorced, and somehow they think I'm their maid, and I'm going to clean up after them, and I'm going to do the dishes, I'm going to take out the trash, and say, what the hell, learn how to take care of yourself, I certainly had to, you can do the same, whereas women have been a lot more in it, hey, let me help with this, let me help with that, here, I'll help with the house clean, so it's been kind of nice, and of course, I've gotten to view the world from a different perspective, having conversations with women. But one thing that never has changed between men and women is how they reveal themselves over time. And in this particular case right now, I had two different women, a younger lady going to work. She's from Ukraine, came here to go to work for Microsoft. And I just wasn't sure, you know, she's like in her mid-20s and a little worried that maybe she might be a gamer and blah 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 all that stuff that I really didn't want around my house I don't want someone parked in my house 24-7 and then I met another lady that uh, in her mid-50s going through a divorce she tells me her whole saga just got a job up near me needs a place blah and her story and so I, I, I went with her because I felt like well here's somebody that's struggling she's having a hard time with the soon be soon soon to be ex she needs money she needs uh, she found a job finally wanted to be closer to the job and i thought you know i'll help this lady the younger gal already had another place lined up but she wanted to live in my house and so i opted to go with this uh, the, the older lady and what i get a chuckle out of is that now that i'm in it for a couple of weeks anyway that people reveal themselves again you know even have a people rent my room I guess my picker is off 
Because one of the things she said to me was, look, here's everything about me. I've got nothing to hide. Well, come to find out, she's got everything to hide. You know, certain things were happening around the home. One of the things that really griped me a little bit, I shared with her that, look, I live in a drama-free environment. I go home, it's nice and quiet. I don't have exes chasing me. I don't I have exes needing money. Kid is doing well. Grandkids are doing well. You know, kind of a boring life. But after experience what I've been experienced for the last two weeks, I'm ready for my boring life again. I mean, this is absolutely nuts. So she assures me that she's bringing no drama to the table. None. Great. Her and her ex, they're working through it. It's not that big of a deal on the divorce. Okay, great. You know, uh, uh, but, you know, I'm a little light on cash. I said, okay, well, I can work with that. You can pay me this much now, pay me this much later. And I'd say, look, you get in a room and a home share. You know, you can't store food in your bedroom. can't use your bedroom as a storage facility. I can make room for a few things in the garage because I have my stuff in there, cars and things like that. She has no worries. I don't have much. So she shows up to move in, and it's like she's moving all of her stuff in a 3,000-square-foot home into one bedroom, part of my pantry, part of my refrigerator. And she's not getting rid of any of it. She's got stuff everywhere, everywhere. I'm like, wait a minute, you know, you need to find a home for that stuff. You can't have all that stuff here. Oh, I'm just too busy. It's just too much stress and the divorce, blah, blah, all that stuff. So I kind of, you know, pulled back. Maybe I'm being too demanding, you know. Then I noticed that, uh, you know, she started coming home later at the workday. Then I noticed that she was out till 10 o'clock at night. Then now this weekend she's gone for the weekend. Without saying, hey, I'll be gone for the weekend. She just up and took her overnight bag and off she went. And I remember sitting down with her about a week ago. I said, look, I remember you and I having a discussion. I live in a drama-free world and I don't want drama at my front door. So now you just shared with me that your ex sent you divorce papers to your new job that you just got this last week, three days ago. Now he's got your address already. Wow. I said, you know, I don't want your ex-husband floating around my house. That's not what I signed up for. And if he shows up, then I'm going to end the agreement on the spot. You said you had a drama-free life. So it's obviously he's following you. Oh, he's not following me anymore, she says. You know, I made sure that my there's no uh, no tags in my car for GPS tracking, that, uh, uh, that my phone is cleared with all that data so you can't track my phone. I got my own new phone. I made star. Uh, made sure that my GPS system in my cars, he can't track that. And I'm, and I'm listening to this going, oh my gosh. She has to go through all this to make sure he doesn't follow her. Then she started doing certain little things. And I thought, look, I understand, you know, that things happen in the course of a relationship and a marriage. And you're claiming that you left him because of... He's all of a sudden narcissistic. He's controlling. He controlled the money. Which I've heard that story so many times over my life, it's ridiculous. And what I do know is 80% of women initiate all divorces. Why is that? I'd like to know. Maybe one of you folks can share that with me. But then they tend to always use the same the same song. Well, he was controlling. He was demanding. He controlled me financially. Well, somewhere along the way, you guys probably agreed that he would go to the work, you would do this, contribute to this, contribute to that, but then you decide to leave, right? Putting away money so you can't leave. 
But what I also know is that people don't leave something for nothing unless it's very strict drug or alcohol or physical abuse. The rest of the people jump ship from one ship to another. So I said, look, I, I don't know why you left your husband, but you're telling me you left for these reasons. But I happen to know that people don't leave something for nothing. I didn't leave him for anything but this. All right, that's what you say. So then I'm at home. I come home and I see her car in my driveway. But she, I'm thinking she's taking a nap at home or what have you. So I, I really quiet around the house, do my things. Find out later she's coming home. She'd been gone all day long. And I, oh, wow, I thought you were here. She was, oh, no, a friend came and picked me up. And we went to this place for lunch. And we went to this place for dinner. We went to a bar. And I think, oh, that's uh, good for you. But then what I thought was odd is that the friend came to drop her off. And the friend waited in the driveway, because it's nighttime and my porch lights are on, waited in the driveway until she got in the front door. Well, I don't know about you women, but women don't typically do that. One, if you're me, if, if I'm meeting a friend, I don't go pick them up at their house. I meet them at the destination. Women, it's the same way. You don't have them come pick you up unless they live close by and they swing by the home, which is a rarity. You meet them at the destination, especially if she's got friends up north, Friends down south, about an hour away. So I thought, well, that was interesting. And men are the only ones I know that actually wait in the driveway until someone gets into the front door before they leave to make sure they got in the house. So, wow, that's interesting. So she's telling me, not that I care. I'm not interested in dating her. I don't date people going through a divorce. I don't date people unless they've been divorced for a couple of years. They found themselves, worked through whatever they're working through. And I'm not going to date someone that has zero money in their 50s and 60s and so dependent upon an ex even though they had a job and worked and had a good career too so all problematic only to find out too kind of like love is blind this lady's heavy medication for back problems and you know she assured me that she's a very neat and clean person and yet her bathroom's a mess her bedroom's a mess she she lives like a pig and i don't i like my home nice and neat and orderly which is what her and i had that discussion so come to find out yeah there is a boyfriend in the picture that was who dropped her off that night now, i haven't confronted her about the boyfriend because i really don't give a shit what i do give a shit about and i hope you guys give a shit too when people lie to me, I am done. If I can't trust to know what you're telling me is true, then I can't trust to know that anything you're going to tell me is true. I don't want to be around people that are pathological liars. Now, what many of you may or may not know is that when you file for a divorce, you know all those records are public? Anything you put with the courts public. So she raised up enough red flags with me that I thought, you know, I should have done more due diligence. Damn it, why didn't I ask more questions? Damn it, why didn't I do all this other stuff? I mean, I don't like the my peace at my home being disrupted. So foolish on me. I'm not going to have any more people rent a room for me. I've had it. I like my peace. It's it's. I don't want to have to worry about other people, what other things are going on. And because of her ex is on the loose and he's pissed, and I knew the fact that he was pissed is because she was she cheated on him. She cheated on him. 
with this guy that she's seeing. And she doesn't want to admit it, which most people don't. My ex-wife didn't admit it. All my ex-girlfriends that cheated on me, they never admitted it either. It's only when I caught them red-handed. So, you know, here, you know, like I said, I'm not dating this gal. I don't I don't in interact with her at all. Hardly ever see her. But I, I can't stomach, stomach to have somebody in my home that I know is a bold-faced liar. I mean, and then I look back at our emails and stuff, and I had to laugh because the flirting that she was doing, you know, calling me handsome, yeah, flirting here, saying this, saying that, and I'm thinking to myself now, look at wow, here she is with a boyfriend. She's just now going through a divorce with her soon-to-be ex. You know, she told me that he just filed for divorce, and that wasn't true because on the public records, actually, he filed for divorce last June. I even got to see copies of the text messages between them that are public information. And I'm just madder than hell at myself. So I'm going to end the deal. I'm going to give her her notice and tell her she's got to find a different place because I don't want it in my house. I'm just, I know that the boyfriend's going to show up again at some point. And the ex-husband's going to show up again. If he hasn't already, he'll be out there. So now I've gone out and installed... I already had some exterior cameras on my property, and I got a couple cameras inside the home. That way, if someone breaks in, it'll be recorded. So I put up more cameras around my house so I can see who's coming and going around my property. Keep the house locked down with the alarm system during the day and at night. I'm, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, it, you know, I probably wouldn't have talked about this today except I was nudged to, to put together a podcast. But I'm actually, I'm just pissed that. I fell for the love bombing. I fell I fell for the uh, the flirting with someone I had no interest in, in dating because I thought, okay, well, this sound, seems like a nice person. This is probably somebody I could relate to. We could share the home comfortably. You know, she puts in, hey, look, if I can have a place to put, have some plants in the backyard. You know, herbs and stuff like that. I make a mean ribeye steak. Hey, you know, I'm a golfer. If you golf, we can go play some golf together. Oh, you have a tennis court. God, I play tennis. God, we'll have to play tennis together. It's like, what the hell? Manipulate me to convince me that you are would be a great person to live with, only to find out all of it's a freaking lie. I'm pissed now. And so, sadly, now it's like, reconfirmed in my head that unless I stumble upon somebody, I am not dating anyone. I just can't go through the war zone of trying to get to know someone only to find out that they're going to have a bunch of garbage that they're going to lie to me about. They're not going to be upfront and honest about their finances, about their wealth, their health, their kids, their grandkids. None of that shit. They're going to hide. And then I'm going to find out and I'm going to be pissed. Rightfully so. So I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit back and finish out my tenure with things I want to do. I'm gonna start flying again this spring, and I'm gonna get back to my sailing club again this spring. I'm just gonna go do me, and if I fly alone, sail alone, so be it. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna I'll play golf. They always pair you up with people. I'm gonna go do that because I can do it. I have the ability to do it, and I'm physically able to do it. And as soon as the snow gets a little bit better, I'm going to hit the ski slopes again. Kind of frustrated that I missed out on an opportunity to go fly the uh, ski, the Italian Alps with a group of people. I've already skied the uh, Austrian Alps and the French Alps. It'd be nice to ski the Italian Alps too and get really back into skiing and just 
you know, enjoying things as opposed to dealing with idiotic, dumb people, dishonest people. So I'm hoping that each one of my listeners here, whoever you meet and date, be upfront, be honest. Let the chips fall where they may. It's not on the first date, of course not. But, you know, on the second, third, fourth date, you should have these hard conversations. You shouldn't put anybody through your crap. If you're going through a divorce and you just recently broke up or someone just died two months ago, you've been doing it 30, 30 years, you have that conversation and empower those people to make a decision that's best for them based upon true information about you. That goes for both men and women. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just you know, watching it play out on Love is Blind again. It's like, ah, I, I gotta quit watching those shows, I guess. But I just chuckle out if, you, if, we, if we watch. We don't have to be on high alert. But if we watch and pay attention, people will reveal who they really are. As I probably am revealing, and I am revealing myself to who you are. You know, I, I, you know, you reach a point in life where enough is enough. Is that this should be the time to go out and have fun and enjoy yourselves, treat people with honesty and respect, and, you know, go home every day with a smile on your face. But you can't when you get a world full of people that are deceitful. I really don't have much more than that. I'm not on any dating apps. I've got off all that stuff. I'm not interested in meeting people. Uh, match, uh, my membership runs out here pretty soon, but it's pathetic. And I read somewhere that... If you're not a, a Democrat or a liberal, people don't want to reach out to you. So I, I'm as a moderate conservative, so ground zero luck anyway. You know, quite frankly, and that's fine. I don't want, you know, that's another discussion you're going to have to have sooner or later. Is how, how do you folks align with religion, with politics? Those are two hotbeds these days, you know, and hard to overcome. It'd be hard for me to overcome. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm never going to date a liberal. I date a Democrat, a moderate Democrat, but I'm not going to date a left-leaning Democrat. That'd be, we'd be fighting all the time. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, I appreciate you listening. Hopefully, this story resonates with you, gets you to step back, think about your situation, think about what you really want, being and how you can act in good faith with other people by being transparent, honest, and, and ask the, the hard questions. And remember, when you meet somebody for the first time, we talked about this a long time ago, your objective on the first meet and greet is to sit there and get to know them a little bit and ask yourself, is this somebody I would like to have dinner with? And if not, then don't go. Don't go on a date. Don't get sold on the idea of going to dinner with somebody. But if they are, then be open to them asking you out and go out or be willing to ask them out. Why play games? And then my recommendation is if you do want to go with somebody on a date, if you're on dating apps and dating sites, hide your profile where you're meeting this person, getting to know them. Give them a fair shot to reveal who they are as you'll reveal who you are. Because if you go home and you're on these dating apps and sites and you've got 5, 6, 10, 20 emails waiting for you, women, because men don't typically, is then... You're going to be distracted by the noise of other people and you're not going to give this other person a fair chance of maybe building something with you. Now, of course, if you just want to hook up, knock your socks off. But if you're looking for something that's more than a hookup, more than a situationship, more than a, 
friends with benefits, then I think you owe yourself to quiet it down for a week or two, get to know this other person, or a month. Go on three or four dates. And if it doesn't work out, you can always put your profile back on open. Nothing's going to stop you from doing that. But good Lord, let's slow down a little bit. Hope you guys have a, a great week. And uh, I, I, I'll, I'll throw another podcast out there as things evolve here in the next week or two. Certainly something by, uh, by the 1st of March. Thanks for listening. This is Dating Funnies. You can always reach me at datingfunnies, D-A-T-I-N-G-F-U-N-N-I-E-S at gmail.com.